Hey everybody, welcome to Exit Your 9 to 5. I'm John Bailey. You can call me JB. And I'm TG McGregor. How you doing? <laughs> we got an exciting show for you today. Uh, right before we get started, I just want to remind you that we love our followers and subscribers. So if you can click that little notification bell and keep up to date as we update you every week on really exciting business stuff. Well, now that we've been dealing with how to start your business and you know, what kind of business you're starting. I think it's fair to let people know what's out there. You know, sometimes you can start a DBA. Sometimes you can do the LLC. Sometimes you can do the sole proprietorship. And sometimes you really do need a corporation. And I feel like people want to know the differences. It can be wow, so intimidating. Wow, a whole lot of acronyms that people probably have heard about or not <laughs> heard about. And they're probably like, oh, oh, right. what, did I, what did I get myself into? No, we're going to break it down for you. Let's uh, let's get into it. What is a DBA doing business as fictitious business name? Tell us about that. What's that That's about? Right. So a DBA is known to be do business as, and most people who are freelancing, they have the opportunity to do business as a name outside of their government name. So it's known as a fictitious name, right? So basically your FBA is a legal document showing the operating name of a company as opposed to the legal name of the company, right? So in the case of, you know, the FBA, it's a name that the corporation can use in its article of incorporations and kind of do business as, but the fictitious name aspect of it secures your business name so that no other company can, you know, pretty much mm. be created in that particular state. Doing what you do the way that you do it. So the fictitious name and the do business as name, they kind of go in tandem. Yeah, they, it's my understanding is what well, as explained to me. It's like if you want to get your feet into the water, you want to try on the name, see if it's going to stick. Because as we get into, you know, those other ones we mentioned, it's going to be costly. There's going to be a lot more things you need to right. know. So when we're starting out, it's generally known as a sole proprietorship or or you can set up a DBA as a partnership. It's You've got some flexibility. It's really because you're trying it on. I want to name yeah. my donut shop, you know, Superman Donut Shop. And you're like, you know, you, and you try to start mm -hmm. getting it going and then you realize, you know, I don't even like this or maybe you're impeding on somebody's rights by calling it Superman or whatever the case, then you still have some flexibility to get yourself out of that and uh, mm -hmm. rechange the name or, do, you know, or do something before you get into those bigger words that we're about to talk about in a minute. So, um, yeah. Exactly. And the DBA is pretty mm -hmm. much the trade name, right? So you can take confidence, you know, in that because what it allows you to do is legally operate and you don't have to have any pressure. It's pretty much an assumed name. So if you people, if you hear a person say, what's your business assumed name or what's your business's trade name? It's your do business. Sure. It's all Absolutely. the same thing. I think you can also get some, you can at least at that level, open up a business account for a bank. Um, you can get your EIN or <laughs> TIN, which is, you know, your or your uh, tax. Yeah. Uh, status with the IRS. Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. And your employer identification number. Mm -hmm. So for most businesses, um, you can do business as like DBA and you can also uh, hire people or contract people or have work for hire agreements with independent contractors to get things done for the business 
even as a DBA. Your EIN number, which is your employer identification number, that allows you to do just that, operate as a business and report to the IRS that you have been paying someone via 1099 as a business, so you're not held accountable personally. And then like he said, uh, your TIN, that's your tax identification number, and that goes in tandem with your seller's permit. So any purchases that you may have made on behalf of the business um, within the year that you may have gotten wholesale pricing for, you may not necessarily have to pay taxes on that using your TIN number and your seller's permit yeah, for your for local sure. Which is going to be handy when you're doing a startup. You might want to get reimbursed or be able to um, you know, file those expenses in the beginning. Uh, maybe you need a certain amount of equipment, you know, for your music studio you're setting up or, you know, just just random things that you're, you're going to need mm-hmm. in the beginning. Try out a new platform, try out a new service. You know, it gives you the flexibility of getting that stuff back because it's an investment. Exactly. And each industry Mm -hmm. has different needs, right? So if you decide to do a DBA or if you decide to do an LLC or S Corp or an Inc., you need to find out what your industry is actually going to need for you to get started, because that's one other way to um, be discouraged when you find out, oh, my God, it takes all of this. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do all of this or I don't have money to do all of these things. Do I really need all of this right now? And those are very real questions and they are questions to not be afraid of. I know when I was starting, I had those questions and I met with different lawyers that scared me. (laughs) They would be like, oh yeah, you shouldn't do anything until you, you know, hire me first. And then once you hire me, I'm going to make sure everything is taken care of. And they are 100% right because by law, they can't (laughs) lie to you about what they're able to do. But you may, right? But you may be able to do exactly what they're able to do at a cheaper price and yep. in less time, right? So that being acknowledged, you want to definitely find out what your industry is going to need, right? And that leads us into determining those different kinds of corporations, right? Like the LLC. Most people don't really need an LLC yet until they're ready to hire people and they have to cover themselves and their employees. That's what the limited liability means, the LLC, limited mm-hmm. liability corporation. That means you can you know, build assets as a company and your personal assets won't be affected. You won't be liable should something happen yeah. in your business. So most business owners no, yeah, it's important to LLC. set up that, that level of security you, for yourself because I yeah. think that Let's just break it down. The DBA, you're yes. a sole proprietorship. You're you're 100% responsible. So, you know, you have a client working as a DBA mm-hmm. and they, they want to, you know, um, refute the business or sue you. Maybe just something happened that was unfortunate. Right. And just in those circumstances, you you have to protect yourself. And so uh, DBA is not going to get you there. And, you know, you, you need the LLC. It's going to – if you're doing business at that level, you, you want to – build some uh, structure around it and the LLC is going to give you that. It's going to give you that it's more now a business entity unless that it's going to take you down and somebody can sue you for your house or your things. Yeah. Right. Right. And if you are someone who has a business partner, you're going to get an LLP, which is just like Mm -hmm. an LLC, but for partners. Right. But let's talk about the S corp a little bit, JB. The S corp is there for the individual who wants to use their legal name, but they want protection, 
the S Corp is there to kind of give you protection so that you don't have to file bankruptcy should anything happen in your business if your business is your name. And so there are different protections with each thing. So the S Corp, you know, you definitely want to look into that if you're someone who's like, listen, I don't really know what I would name my business outside of my name. Maybe having um, people like that. <laughs> yeah. Sure. I think key takeaways right. S Corp is it's it stands for like subchapter of corporation, which is so it's a lot more Mm-hmm. Or yes. taxes is a lot more dealing yes. with shareholders should you have them or partners, right? So as corporation shareholders, they, they're individuals mm-hmm. with specific trusts and estates and their own. It's it's a better way to handle if you're also considering a business that's going to have shareholders. It's going to have, you know, um, you want to bring to public market, you know, you want maybe to trade publicly at some point. Like, so you're going to create the, uh, some substructure and um a lot more uh or less benefit depending on what you're trying to do for the tax partnerships that you have under your, your mm-hmm. corporation um so it it's it's an interesting place to go and you, you'll find that route as you go but I, I i think for the most part what i understand about s corporations is you know partnerships corporation um everything that does not qualify as shareholders they have other specific financial institutions or insurance companies and domestic things that are also ineligible as well. So it's it, like right. I said, it's just really important to know that. But there's advantages to filing under S corporations. Like you can establish credibility with potential customers, employees, suppliers, investors, right. and they know you mean business. So there's a there's a formality to that commitment and they say, okay, yes. you have an S corporation. Also the S corporation does not pay federal taxes at the entity level. So you like saving money on corporate taxes, which mm-hmm. is beneficial because mm-hmm. you want to take that money in put it back into the business, you know, to, and, and reinvest. And so it gives you a little bit more to do that with uh, good, clean business, reinvesting yourself. So and it's so true. And so let's talk about mm-hmm. the corporation, the Inc, you know, yeah. JB Inc, yeah, right. TG Inc. <laughs> let's talk about the almighty Inc, right? A lot of people, when they ask you, what kind of corporation that, do you, you know, have you started? I've heard people tell me, is it an Inc? Is it an S? Is it a what? And for me, it's always been an LLC, but there very much is a difference between an Inc and an S Corp, right? And so to our understanding, an, uh, an Inc is a separate legal entity, right, from the person or the people forming it, and they have directors, and they have officers, mm-hmm. they have purchase sharers, right? And they all have responsibility for its operation. So not one person can make all of the sole decisions. With an inc, there are multiple facets yeah, of people making decisions, right? Yeah, and that's where you come to the conversation of a C corporation, which is, you know, it's taxed at the corporate level. You're separate from the owners um, through corporate income tax, and like. So it's it's kind of the most common one because it does put some separation, mm-hmm. some legal structure in your corporation of how you build your business, directors, executives, and things like that. And so mm-hmm. um, it also has some more flexibility right. when it comes to your excess profits, like the more abundance you have there. Um, whereas like the inc- all the income mm-hmm. in an LLC flows to the, you know, an S corporation can pass income and losses to its shareholders. And then the C corporations, they can do more of the corporate tax. Mm-hmm. So you get to dabble into a, a, a corporate structure that's going to 
divide out the responsibility and flexibility amongst everybody and then also give you huge tax benefits. So um, the ink is, you know, also the, again, that other part of that conversation where you issue stock, you can, you know, really get, you know, raise capital for mm-hmm. expansion. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. When you learn these differences, guys, when you start to really dive into what type of business you want to create, what type of entity you want to sustain um, and even pass down as a legacy, you really need to understand those things, right? You have to dig into all of that. And another thing that you want to do once you dig in and you kind of have this idea, it's going to sound so funny, but you want to go and -hmm. purchase the domain, guys. And you want to look into your name and if it's on you know, social media, if there are hashtags associated, like you want to kind of engulf yourself in all of this, because this is the fun part, right? It's the brain dumping. It's the discovery. It's the seeing what you're really competing with, you know? So once you figure out, you know, what your industry needs to get started and you decided what type of entity you have, you got to go ahead and purchase that domain and, get into the social media world because direct to consumer is a real process. And that's something that everyone has now. COVID has really leveled the playing field in a way like never before. Um, I've been preaching this for years, but I can honestly say that I am actually seeing it manifest this day and age. Um, I've, I've told people, You know, you need to build your own audience. You need to do this. You need to, you know, do conversion campaigns and not rely only on these social channels. And to see, you know, times when Facebook has crashed or Instagram has crashed or Twitter has crashed and people have gone in an uproar or even sometimes when their websites crash, people are starting to realize, like, I need to protect myself more. I need to do more. Well, securing your domain name and having a source a real estate within the digital world where people can go to you. Oh, it's so much more low cost. And plus if we were all in quarantine and isolation and all that stuff. And, you know, so what other, what other companion do you have right next to you that is not a, you know, a subjection or victim of the the crisis? Well, it's your computer, your phone, you know, you have the ability to go and search and do things. And I call it digital real estate secure your digital real estate, like really just own every angle of what that business looks like so that, because you're considering also the customer you're considering you know the people that you're going to be selling this business to they they kind of easily find you they if your business name is joe's hats and you're now joe's underscore slash hats with a z you're gonna get lost in the noise it's gonna take you a lot more work to build that audience or build that um awareness because it's not so easy for them just to search it right like sometimes our interactions with people on the street it's like hey where'd you get that hat joe's hat.com easy as possible and then they go to search it and they got to find that there's an underscore and a z and some numbers or you know and and the customer now is the path to that sale has been severely dampered the path to that service has been you know lost in translation so get out there secure those domain names secure those social media handles you know own it and build you know build your digital real estate it's claim your land it's so important jb Uh, really fast before we dive into the takeaways to understand that you must have your own website and you must go to where the traffic is and redirect that traffic to where Mm -hmm. you want it to be, which is your website. So 
Tip number one is you must, must, must find out what your industry needs to get you started. And you may not need to incorporate right away. It's good to have that knowledge, but really find out what your industry needs because it will save you money in the long run and give yourself time. I couldn't agree more, actually. That's that's, uh, crucial. And once you get there, I think we go right into tip number two, which is you're going to secure your business name. You know, you're going to do a, a name search. You're going to purchase your fictitious business name or the DBA. The, I, I understand it's different from state to state, but you're going to define that, do the search, purchase it, and then from mm-hmm. there you're going to advertise. Uh, you know, three to six weeks um, to really officiate that business name to get it out there and, and you know see if it sticks. And once it sticks, you're going to purchase your domain name, secure your social media handles, and then build that digital presence. And yeah, guys, click that notification bell. That way you never miss an episode. And go ahead and subscribe because we do have a blog that goes a little bit deeper than the podcast here. So if you're interested in staying connected, go ahead and visit us at exityour9to5.com.